Season's greetings, all you little cookie fiends. Welcome back to Erico Blueberry. It's an unassuming destiny podcast. My name is Chili Bin. Oh shit, back from the dead. It's Mac. <laughs> not not literally. Um we were we were out for a few weeks, but it wasn't all that severe, I think. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, one of us got a disease that I thought you only get when you're a teenager. A disease? <laughs> what is it then? A virus. Okay. An illness. I got mono. <laughs> I got kissing disease. What is it? K- the kissing sickness. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that, that took you out and thus the show out for a couple of weeks there. Um, I think I was a reason we missed one week. I don't know. We're here now. And it's... Uh, look, we've got some stuff to catch up on with the story. Um, we've got The Dawning. We've got Iron Banner happened in the meantime. Um, where to begin? Let's, uh, well, Iron Banner we can get out of the way. That's pretty quick. You <laughs> Fueled by illness yeah. and spite and a 40 degree fever. <laughs> Went fucking mental in the banana. Yeah. I played almost 12 hours of Iron Banner. In one day, that play session when I sent the gilding got sent to the Discord server, and then I logged off. It said I'd been online for twelve hours. On, you know how on on Discord you can hover over your name and it'll say in Destiny Two, yeah, and yeah, then four yeah. X hours. I looked and I forgot to screenshot it, but yeah, it was twelve hours. I mean, Steam does that in the Steam overlay, but it'll give it to you a number of minutes, so it makes it seem even worse because it's a number that's obviously quite a lot larger. Um, but I I know on like expansion release days, I've hit twelve to sixteen hours uh, by by choice, uh, so I'm not immune to that. Yeah, I um, rung the doctor and I said hi. My fever's forty degrees. And, um, and he said, get in the crucible, you little sweat lord. He said, literal sweat lord. <laughs> uh, he said, don't go to sleep for a while until your fever's back down. And I said, okay, I'll play Iron Banner until my fever's back down. And, like, did it come down? Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't sure if, like, Iron Banner in itself would make anything worse for you. I was spite-fucking some people in Iron Banner by the end of it. I was delusional from being sick and dehydrated mm. having a fever and playing 12 hours of iron banner i got angry towards the end <laughs> yeah i it's been a while since i've been in that place but it both feels good and bad at the same time when you get there of like oh look at me i'm progressing through the ranks and i'm getting all the rewards but also i feel sorry for these people I had a moment where I got the sigil, that the emblem, oh, the, the, the banana new, The new emblem, emblem, the very good emblem with the wolf and the bananas <laughs> on it. And I was like, I could stop and just, I don't know, go downstairs and watch TV or something. But it's also two more resets and then I've gilded it again. So I just threw on all the Iron Banner gear and kept pushing. Wow. <laughs> So yeah, I, I got off the train at Emblem Town. Uh, that was my my goal for, for at least this first um, round of Iron Banner for the season. I was like, I just I want to get in, get the emblem, not worry about gilding or anything like that. I just, I, I played enough and then I got the emblem. I was like, I'm actually done with this. It, I didn't feel like I even wanted to play more. I think, what was the follow-up message? I don't want to see another fucking game of Iron Banner until Je- June. <laughs> Yeah, until it's final shape time. Because that's it. I'm done for the season. I've gilded it for the season. Yeah. You're not going to have another opportunity. I also need to get my dredging done. I went I went in pretty hard on it. I think it was last week. It was bonus uh, gambit rank. Um, so I put in a decent amount of time. Um, not like, you know, not forcing the situation, but got some invasions, got some wins, etc. Um I think I'm over halfway there, but... Hell yeah. That, I'll play the shit out of some Gambit. Fuck As yeah. long as it's not Iron Banner, I'll, <laughs> I'll play it. You know what You know the crazy thing is? There's a lot of Destiny that isn't Iron Banner. So I think we should be able to figure that out. Um, but yes, uh, speaking of which, speaking of things that aren't Iron Banner, I should say, 
Uh, it's time for the dawning, uh, or it has been rather for the last week and a bit. Um, Space Grandma's back with a cookie oven. Um, I don't think much, if anything, is different from last year. It's just here's a quest to I make think, some cookies. Go off, do it. Yeah, I think there's a couple more new cookie types, and that's it. I don't even think there is. I think because I, I, that's one of the things I, I look for every time the event comes back around is like, have they just added a couple more cookies? But I don't think so. Back on my bullshit, just force feeding Varric's cookies. <laughs> Please, Guardian, I cannot. <laughs> to hit the quota to get the triumph, I'm just like, here, Varric, have some cookies. Yes, yes. Um, so that's that's nice. It's a, it's not it's not like some of the other ones where there's, you know, a separate playlist thing you have to go and do. You just kind of earn cookie by or cookie ingredients as you're doing other shit. Um, so it's kind of kind of easy to just keep that ticking along. Yeah, and that that's that's it too. It's like you do a bunch of activities, you get the dawning spirit or whatever it is, and cookie ingredients. Mm. Shit out a bunch of cookies, go force feed them to someone. Yeah, the only thing Eat I the, cookie. the only thing I feel like I have to force is killing things with snowballs for like one or two of the triumphs. I'm like, they're not fun, and like they don't drop all the time. Um, yeah, and it's like, hey, kill a hundred things with it, and like a direct hit will probably kill most things, but freeze things otherwise. And it's, I don't know, it's it's annoying it's that I have to annoying. do that that many. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that's going to slow me down from getting Starbaker. Yeah, but that that's that's the kind of triumph where like I'll put on some videos and just I'm going to sit in the EDZ and just do snowballs and maybe it takes an hour or two and I get through some videos I'll be meaning to catch up on and hey it's the holiday so like pretty good time <laughs> me looping <clears throat> sorry me looping strikes watching dreams fucking I didn't touch them kids video <laughs> I have not stayed up on any of that drama, but I keep hearing bits about it. I'm like, what is even happening? It's like a two-hour video of him just he just disproves everything. I think honestly, pretty well. Okay. Um, obviously, this is YouTube drama, but I just threw that on and was just hitting things with snowballs while this man fought for his fucking life in a two-hour video. It felt yes. dystopian. <laughs> Something dystopian about hitting things with snowballs in video games while a man is like, here's why I'm not a creep. Yeah, arguing why you shouldn't come after me with the police so that I can keep making videos on the internet. What a weird world. It's awfully dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to this video game that we both play. <laughs> Throw on the H-Bomber guy video oh, four I, hours. If I can pick one of them, I'll put any of those on. Watch them again. Let's go. God, Roblox, <laughs> oof, dot mp3. Um, we are part of the dystopia. I know. F for someone out there, surely we are that at this point, <laughs> which I think I Hi. like. I think I like the idea of that more. That, like those people feel like my people of like, I'm going to sit here and like, like it's the concept of doom scrolling, but just for like putting a video on to wash wash yourself over with the white noise of someone else's opinions. So I've got a couple, as you know, and I won't say who on the pod, but I've got a couple of notable content creator friends. Mm -hmm. And I was joking around with them the other day and one of them turned around and he said, the weirdest thing about being a content creator is one day you realize people are falling asleep or fucking to your voice. <laughs> he's like you'll hit that point where you'll have enough of an audience that yeah, someone has just, fucked yeah. or fallen asleep to your voice that's just statistics <laughs> at a certain point like with enough with a large enough audience <laughs> you just play the odds he's like you know <laughs> cooking and cleaning you're like oh yeah people throw on videos while yeah. they do that and then you realize you're someone's like white noise okay or so like, someone's thrown on a video with their partner and then gotten frisky and i'm like that's funny. <laughs> That's a weird thought, but also so, hilarious. No, so so the, the the part my brain immediately goes to is, what in your mind would be the weirdest activity to be doing while watching or listening to this show? Oh, hacking up a body. Okay, that's an immediately <laughs> dark start. <laughs> 
trying to think of things I do while I have a video on in the background. It's mostly cooking, cleaning, mm. gaming, washing Sergey. Sometimes I'll I'll throw a I'll throw a video on while I'm washing my dog because uh-huh. it takes a while. Yeah. Exercising. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my point is I can't. Th- I'm, I'm struggling to think of something weirder than the initial situation of, uh, yeah, falling sleeping asleep and or smashing. yeah, sleeping and smashing to Erico Blueberry. Or as Moist Critical likes to say, mashing pisses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite good. I don't know. There's got to be a point. Somewhere in the timeline, this dark fucking timeline, where a content creator's been watching one of those true crime videos mm. and heard the sentence and he was hacking up the body while listening to and then like their podcast. Yeah. Or he was a huge fan of and then their podcast. Like yeah. somewhere in the timeline that's happened. Yeah, again, play play the statistics. I haven't watched every true crime documentary, so I can't exhaustively say that that hasn't <laughs> happened. But I've watched a few, and I could see it happening. It's very plausible. Um, if you bump uglies to this podcast, I've just got to ask what's wrong with you, because I find my voice repulsive. Hey, stop spreading rumors, all right? <laughs> my, my giggle. <laughs> uh, everybody is somebody's kink. How about that? Amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that for everyone. Yeah. Um, let's try and steer this back to video games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this podcast is going otherwise. Um, let's talk about the story. Yes. Riven's been up to some business. Ah. Um, we've got, what, two or three weeks of updates here that we need to catch up on. We've, we've played them. We've seen them. We've talked, sep- we've talked like off air about it a little bit. I like, uh... In the show notes, one of Riven's tricks got you for a second. But you were like, wow, oh, yeah, Shax is being really thirsty for Mara. Yeah, because huh? I was just and like just, live oh, wait, tweeting never it. Never mind, it's Riven. Yeah, I was just like live tweeting it into the Discord channel like as it was happening. I was like, this is weird. I've never picked up on this before. Oh, wait. <laughs> I mean, Shax. <laughs> mm. Ooh. Yes. Uh, but yeah, what what was that? That was last week? Yeah. Yeah. It was just Riven. Just I think my understanding of the law, there wasn't a lot background law. Like mm. it, there wasn't a huge law dump the last couple last of weeks week, until no. this week. <clears throat> and I think what it, what had happened kind of from going back and re-watching and re-listening to everything, I think what had happened was Riven was convinced Mara had spread the eggs. Mm. So what you see is Riven start to ramp up her fucking with Crow and Mara. Yeah. And I think that was just her being a little bit, she's she's a spiteful creature. Like her, yeah. when you think about the core of the Ahamkara, they run off kind of like spiteful, petty actions, which mm-hmm. is fucking with people's wishes. So to me that, that felt more like that was just her fucking with Mara because she was convinced Mara had done this to her children. And, like, she yeah. started ramping up fucking with Crow a little bit last week as well. Um, yeah, kind of pulling on the old heartstrings of... Uh, look what I made you do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, I fucked up your life, haha. ha mm. kind of. So, to me, it just felt like Riven was convinced Mara or Aldrin or Petra had... One of them had spread the eggs, and she was convinced it was Mara, I think. And then those radio messages where she got up to her old tricks of like imitating people's voices and fucking with them a little bit. I think that was just her being petty. Yeah. <laughs> like that was just could, her entirely being petty. And I love sense. it. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I also earlier today, I think it was, uh, there's a video from Evaze, Um And this was like a bit of law that I fully missed. It's not like current season shit. Um, but it was a line in a conversation between Crow and Mara, where Crow is expressing regret about having killed Cade, and a, and like uses the the words "I wish," basically saying "I wish that had never happened," 
And then the response from Mara ends with, oh, brother mine. Mm. And when we're talking about Final Shape and Cade coming back, and I've been wondering how that happens, a wish would certainly do it. But that was and like... Ahamkara somewhere caught him. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the, that line came from like, you know, the lore tab on some armor or, or, or something, or it might have been a ship from this season. It wasn't actually like part of the weekly drop. Here's the thing. If that conversation went down over ghost or radio or hologram rather than in person, who can promise he was even talking to Mara? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like the fact but that the fact Riven's that the phrase not strong enough to grant a wish. That's the thing. Yeah, but the, at the, the moment, the fact that oh, brother, mine was in there, and I, I don't know how long ago this bit of law is set. Um, that is starting to look like the pieces coming together for how Cade comes back to me. Of you know, as soon as soon as Riven was involved, and we talk about Ahamkaras and wishes, I was like, that's got to be it, right? But this is kind of the most uh, specific. Uh, route towards Kate coming back that I think we've seen hinted at? Well, not counting the clutch of, I think it's eight eggs, we've already encountered three different Ahamkara, including Riven. Yeah. We've got, oh, Heffend in yeah, the dungeon. Yeah, from the dungeon, yep. Um, the, River, uh, the Riven, the Ahamkara that we'll talk about in a bit with the law, and then we've got Riven. But then who's to say that the clutch, even in an egg, can't hear and grant wishes either? Yeah, or that one hasn't hatched somewhere or, like, whatever. You know, like, how many? There might still be more out there that are powerful enough to do yeah. this. And and just touching on that quickly as well, you know how a couple of weeks ago I was asking, can you domesticate an Ahamkara? Mm. Well, name? 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 Yeah. The warlock who struck up a deal with Heffend. Heffend was domesticated in a way. Right. Their relationship was domesticated. The EDZ in that area thrived because Heffend was granting wishes without huh. a a kind of catch-22 to the wish. Mm. And a lot of the law entries that I read up on and a lot of the passages about Naeem and Heffern's relationship was they used the word domesticated a couple of times. Um, probably lack of a better word in the end. Mm -hmm. But it makes me wonder the next generation of wish dragons because we have them in clutch form and their mother is dead. And as we'll learn later, their sire is dead as well we've got a hand raise them. So yeah, is shit. the next generation of Ahamkara also going to be kind of domesticated? Domesticated because, slash weaponized? Like how far yeah, does this go? Like guard dogs. Yeah. Like those, those uh, Milanese guard dogs that you see on like social media that are like super trained. Yeah. Um, and, and as we'll discuss in a bit with the law, we've also discovered two Ahamkara now that don't thrive off of betrayal or deceit. They're mm. granting these wishes without the catch. So it's, is it in an Ahamkara's nature to like feed off that in between or is it in Riven's nature to feed off that in between? Like, well, is, this a, I think, is it a social construct? No, is like when, when Riven's a, talked about Ahamkara, she, like she's describing Ahamkara as feasting on the gap between desire and reality. Yeah. But as we've learned, we've now encountered two Ahamkara through the law who don't do that. Mm. Well, described as not doing that, there might be a separate catch. Yeah. Because as we've learned... The Ahamkara were introduced to two in this week's law. Did something an Ahamkara shouldn't do. Yes. Um, also, my theory that the bones in the dungeon or the Ahamkara in the dungeon was the one that Shaxx killed, that was confirmed in a piece of law recently as well. All right. He Heffend is the uh, Ahamkara that Shaxx felled. Right. One of the... He... Um, in one of the dungeons, not dungeons, one of the 
uh, Riven's Lairs mm. that you run, there are voice lines from Shax that he killed 28 Ahamkara and the Heffend is the final Ahamkara. Like, he didn't want to do it. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he super was not into killing the Ahamkara. He did not want to do it. But it sounds like he was good at it. Yeah, that was the catch-22 was yeah. as a warlord, he was very good. Um, But he, yeah, that whole lore piece is him regretting his involvement in the hunt. Mm. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to this week. I've been nerding the fuck out on Ahamkara lore, if you can't tell. So this week I was squealing so, when the big reveal happened. Well, the biggest of reveals. It turns out Ahamkara's fuck. I mean, Ahamkara fuck. We, we had eggs from Ahamkara, so like there were, there were, you could reasonably assume yeah. that means they get down. But they could also do that asexually. Paracausal... Intersex. Paracausal of, pop out some eggs. Don't don't ask too many questions. A lot of a lot of fish and reptiles are intersex. I thought you were going to say paracausal. <laughs> I don't understand horses. They must be paracausal. <laughs> Sunfish. I don't <laughs> know how those fuckers work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so what do we get? We got some like ribbons, lair stuff. It was a mission. Well, how much was there this week before you get to the exotic mission that we'll we'll talk about? It was like basically uh, just Riven's go talk. Lair. It was basically just go talk to Riven, do a Riven's lair, and then straight in, right? Pretty much. Mm. Um, so there was a little bit of chitter chatter beforehand, which was basically Riven being like, "Mara fucking did this. I know it." Um, bitch. But then also kind <laughs> of, but, but then going back on it and saying like, "But why would she?" Yeah, like at the same time, whoever did this is a weirdo. And I'm like, yeah. Um, And then you go into the Riven's lair after talking to her and she's pissed. She's screaming like her voice lines. She delivers them. She's screaming. She tells us there's sneak thieves in her lair. I love that phrase. And she consumed them all. Mm. Love that. Just her yelling consumed them all. It's very good. Um, so we do that, and then we go, oh, the, the egg, and then the egg is in a matrix, and you go, oh, no, the egg. Yeah, the Vex and got then, up in there, it turns out. <laughs> and then the egg teleports, and you go, oh, no, we lost the egg. And Riven's real mad. Um, yeah. And then, you, and then to, you go to the Black Garden again. Which crow's like, ayo, so I've crow's like, ayo, I've been uh, tracking this signal. Um, turns out it's the soul divisive. Uh oh. And they've taken the egg to the black garden. And then he does a little joke, and I forget what it is because my brain turns off when he talks. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing the mission, and I was standing inside him giggling over his teeth. So you know how much respect I have for that man. Yeah. Um, he basically does a little ha-ha and then he's like, no, I know a way in there. And then Riven's like, I know a better way in there. And we go, excuse me, how do you know the way in? Like, excuse me? She's like, I've been there. And we're like, excuse me? <laughs> Which I thought was big, big law. I was like, oh, huh. Yeah. Riven's been in the Black Garden. Why? Yeah, I mean, that that's a good question. I guess I didn't think too much um, about it at the time. I was like, yeah, I mean, Riven can basically do anything. Who cares? So as you progress further into the Black Garden, you start to pick up these little pockets of paracausality. Um, and it's sire and dam, which are breeding terms for male and female or mother and father. Right. Okay. Dam, um, dam I don't think I've heard in that context before. So there's like... Dam's oblig- Sire's obligation and Dam's protection, or is it the other way around? Dam's Something blessing like that. Or, yeah, some yeah, some classic and then destiny buff name. When you get both of them at once, it changes to crowned by dragons, which I thought was really cool, really interesting touch. Um, the further you go in, the more you realize that Riven knows a little bit too much about the Black Garden, um, and then. 
I think about halfway through the exotic mission, she goes, oh, this is an Ahamkara lair. And Crow goes, yours? And she's like, no, you've seen mine. So mm. pretty much hinting that there's another Ahamkara. That just lives in the Black in, Garden. In the Black Garden, who used it as a, a lair. Um, what happens then? You do the mission. Yep. Uh, so, Riven so keeps I, hinting. I think you're, you're like digging through the Black Garden trying to find like yeah. the Vex. And Crow starts to hear whispers. Yeah. And then there's there's like a giant Vex mind and they're talking about like, well, there's no way they could simulate like paracausality or the power that an Ahamkara would wield. Yes. Because the second buff you pick up, Crow is like, that's not the same as the first buff. Uh, have the... Have the Vex figured out how to replicate the paracausal energy? Mm. And uh Riven kind of goes, Oh, that's from a that's from a different Ahamkara. I didn't I didn't leave that here. That that's not mine. That's from a different Ahamkara. So they kind of drill home, they're like, uh oh, what's in here? Mm-hmm. Which had me hooked. Yeah. So I was really pissed when I was struggling to get through the mission because I was like, I just want to fucking what is happening? I want words, not enemies. More doggos. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you get to the end of the mission and you come across Ahamkara bones. A big old skeleton of one. And Crow the entire time is like, hey, these whispers are getting louder and more intense. And Riven's like, it's not me. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. It's not me this time, sorry. Um, and then he gets possessed and he makes some gross noises. I don't like the noises well, he makes before he gets I, possessed. I, I don't know if possessed is the right word because he actively consents to it in the moment. It's like the the voices are yeah, seem to speak used, through me and then he smashed the microphone. Um, then he just like lets it happen. Yeah. And we learn it is a Ahamkara called Taranus. And he immediately uses Crow to flirt with Riven. <laughs> yeah. <very laughs> Which I good. loved. Very good stuff. Riven's just like, what have you fucking done, dude? Um, and Spent all the life savings at the track. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I died. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I died. I put it all on black. I died. Sorry. <laughs> also that. The mob came for my um, knees. <laughs> <laughs> kidneys oh. uh and then we get a very pretty cutscene. um so we learn out we learn that taranus is riven's mate and they met in the dreaming city and where, where ahamkara they, were just like walking around at the time yeah they're just vibing yeah they were just like cats big yeah big kitties um and Taranus was different and caught Riven's attention because Taranus didn't twist wishes. And that seemed to be a huge thing about this Ahamkara that they kept kind of almost repeating in the law mm. and in the cutscene. And one thing that stuck out to me was the way that Riven described that Taranus cherished those who bargained with him. Right. So those who made wishes with him, she said he cherished them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, as, as I was discussing earlier, we've encountered another Ahamkara that didn't warp. Or. Wishes, wishes in a way like Riven did. Does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess like Riven could have like picked that up from him. As well. And and she does mention that, like she she does kind of say that that fascinated her about him, that there was another way Ahamkara could thrive mm. and live, and it didn't involve deception. And it sounded like for a little bit, when they started to mingle, and he took her to the Black Garden, she considered it almost, but then she made a bargain with Mara. And she said something like Taranis also found the way that she did her bargains fascinating mm. and her bargain with the queen fascinated. Um, so what we learn then is they produce a clutch and then the great hunt starts 
And that's kind of when we already knew this, but that's kind of when Mara and Riven struck a bargain because Mara basically offered protection mm. and Riven offered wishes. Yeah. That was basically their bargain was Riven was contained to the Dreaming City uh, out of protection from the Great Hunt and in return she would bargain with Mara and then we know Mara had to develop the wish wall because she figured out that Riven was also twisting these wishes. Um, but Riven also describes that in that entire time she and Taranis could communicate with each other even though he was hiding in the Black Garden mm. um, until Riven made her deal with the Taken King and she became Taken. And that's when she said she lost communication with Taranis. Yeah, they could no, right. no, no longer whisper back and forth, um, which I thought was huge. Yeah. Um, Guys, it was just... It's really like, sad. It's, like it's a brutal story, but also the cutscene was very well done it's like beautiful. it's that classic like brush style art that they've done for a bunch of them but like yeah there's some very cool effects in there like especially when the dreadnought came into view and it was like kind of gave it more depth um to the rest of the scene um yeah that kind of struck me a bit but yeah damn whole yeah. bunch of whole bunch of ahamkara whole bunch of eggs whole bunch of drama yeah and then we find out that when he lost communication with Riven and had figured out she'd become taken and she quote unquote spoke with the voice of the king, which I just think is a fancy pants way of saying he figured out she'd been taken. Yeah. Uh, he wished to protect the eggs. So it was he who scattered the eggs. Um, and we learn in that cutscene that Ahamkara cannot grant their own wishes. Well, um, and this is something I think I picked up somewhere else as well. They can, but then they die. It, because, they die. Because, it comes at a great cost. Well, the, yeah. the reason is obviously they they feed on desire to reality, the, the difference between those two things. When the Ahamkara is the one making the wish, that distance is zero. And so they wither and die. Yeah. Um, so we learned that Taranis pretty much sacrificed himself to keep their clutch safe. Um, but I think also they say like, to, to hide them until somebody who can protect them comes along. That's us. Yeah. So way, 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 way. We are way. We are granting his wish, basically. Um, so we are dubbed wish keepers by Taranis. And we get a bow. We get a bow called wish keeper. But that was huge Yes. Law. Um, I never considered how the clutch came about. I just thought, oh, it's fucking destiny bullshit. Yeah. She was just like, I want babies. Yeah. Um, so well, because because they've always spoken about Ahamkara with language of scarcity, right? Of they're basically being none and never really Because they don't work together. Yeah, but also never really hinting at any kind of like, you know, breeding model it was always just like they just exist they're a thing yeah and they're they're so intrinsic into like the paracausal nature of the destiny universe um but they're also incredibly solitary creatures and that's kind of what made the hunt such a success mm. and they say that a lot in war in a lot in um the hunt law mm -hmm. which was you know the the working theory is guardians wouldn't have had a chance if they were pack creatures. Yeah. But it was their solitary nature that was their undoing. So to find out that they do pair up and mate, and I'm guessing the nature of that that courtship is probably dependent on the individual dragons. Yeah. Um, because some of them we don't know if they mate and then they split off and they lay the eggs and then maybe this was different. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it, that that's big for an Ahamkara nerd. I thought that was big. That was big lore. I was like, ah, oh, sick. It just adds another layer to them as like a part of the Destiny universe. 
Yeah, they, they're not just They this. can fall in love almost. Yeah, like, whereas I think, like, the image largely that we have been given is that they are, yeah, based around deception, kind of spiteful, maybe petty, not necessarily having much more than that. But now there's there's almost, like, not humanity, but you know what I mean? Like, there's just more to it. There's more to the, the character of an Ahamkara. yeah. And there was, like, warmth and affection mm. between Taranis and Riven. I think this is the only time we've heard, like, affection and warmth in Riven's voice. Mm. And she was talking to Taranis. Yeah. Calling each other, oh, beloved mine. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my heart. Which, which was an interesting phrase to hear, given that the oh-blank mine construct is often talked about as like a, a control mechanism or like a way of hooking into like uh suggestion and getting people to do what you want um that are that ahamkara have used and like we've seen that through uh all the stuff with riven and um through the the season Shabathun. yeah through, through Shabathun, Shabathun as well um so it's interesting to see it used here in this more like intimate context i guess yeah. It's very nice. It's also got me curious because they draw both the Ahamkara like we see Riven now. Yes. So I'm wondering if that's Ahamkara, like we, we're just privy to Ahamkara base form? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we don't For some really reason, know. Riven, <laughs> or because it's being told through the lens of Riven, that's where getting Riven's perception of the Ahamkara, which is her. True, true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe but we'll get some more in the in the weeks to come. But it's it's got me curious because what even then like Heffen Skellington Skellington is different. Mm. So that got me curious too. Maybe just because it was being told through the lens of Riven, we saw Taranus like Riven. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go deal with this dog very dog quickly. time. Uh, I'll be right back. Um, so, Wishes Kept. We are the Wish Keeper. Um, yet another title at the end of our honorific list. <laughs> we are to protect the babies. Yes. Um, I don't know, does that, does that mean we've now essentially got an Ahamkara farm? Can we take them to the farm? Ooh. On Earth? <laughs> Do you how fucking big they'd get? How Come quick? <laughs> I mean, no one else is living down there. It'll be fine, right? Oh, they're shapeshifters. Yeah, they can just turn into humble farmers. They can till the land. Do dogs. Yes. yes. Give me an Ahamkara familiar bungee, you cowards. Oh, my God. <laughs> or Farming Simulator spinoff, and it's just us trying to keep all these Ahamkara alive. Oh, I would play the shit out of that. <laughs> Stardew, I love farming. Stardew Valley, love, but wish dragons. I love farming simulator shit. So. Uh, but the end of that mission, we also get the wish keeper. I, I keep going to say wish ender. That's such an annoying thing they've done. Uh, the wish keeper exotic bow, um, which looks like it's made out of Ahamkara bone. But also yeah. there's bits of Ahamkara bone magically spinning and levitating in it. Yeah, so I don't know if the whole thing is made out of Taranus's, potentially Taranus's bone, or I have to if assume, right? it's got fragments. Yeah. Um, well, I can't find your skull. But yeah. While you while you were listening to the cutscenes the other day, I was like running around East Skellington trying to figure out which bit was bit which. I was like, uh, where's your skull? It's probably just like broken down into the, into the environment around it but it is a what kinetic slot strand bow um mm -hmm. that cares deeply about suspending things um that's gonna be good for some of the hunter builds well there. let me tell you something titans are pretty good at doing suspending um i have not had a strand build ever since lightfall came out i now have one because uh, this bow got me to go look at some things and play around with some ideas. Um, so very quickly, 
I'm going to just find what this thing actually does. So yeah, it's got this thing called Snare Weaver. So if you get precision hits or final blows, uh, it will fill up one in a meter and it takes six to fill it. So a precision hit final blow will give you two, which is kind of nice. Um, but then once you've filled that, if you hit fire a shot, it will set a bunch of traps on the ground. Like, remember how we used to do like six points of anarchy traps? It's like that, but it pops out of one arrow when it, it like hits the ground and bursts out and then just lays these suspend lines across the ground. And then anything that walks into it gets suspended and it lasts for mm. a while. It's pretty nasty. Um, but then the thing I've paired it with uh, is a Titan exotic from Lightfall uh, called Abeyant Leap. Um, so one of the strand aspects for Titans... Um, I think it might, yeah, it's an aspect uh, called Drenger's Lash. When you throw your um, your Titan Barricade up, it'll send out a, a little projectile out from the front of it, which will suspend whatever it hits. Abeyant Leap gives you two more of those. So you've got three of them going out and it'll just spend a bunch of shit. Um, oh, the other thing I forgot to mention with this bow, it does heaps of damage to things that have been suspended. Yeah. It's neat. Um, so yeah, I've basically just like, put this build together that will suspend a bunch of shit, get a bunch of benefits out of things being suspended or killing things while they're suspended. And the loop is pretty nice <laughs> of just get them up in the air while they're in the air. I'm building that meter back up to do more traps with the, with the bow. Um, and then if I get in trouble, then yeah, the abeyant leap plus barricade plus suspend, uh, will kind of stop everything from hurting me, which is nice. Um, it's pretty mm. silly. <laughs> I was just looking at the Warlock strand exotic. Mm -hmm. See, Warlocks, we play more with Threadlings yeah. and Tangles. Yeah. I think Suspend is more of a Titan thing. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I mean, there's got to be some aspects that would. Yeah. Like, th like there's mm. a bit of all three in each, but I think suspenders most strongly represented within titans yeah because my i haven't tested it with my strand build yet because my strand build works a little bit like all my other builds which is just to be annoying yeah so you know how i can shit out old gods and i can shit out arc souls now mm -hmm. And I, you just saw my build last night where I was just shitting out wells. Yes. Um, I've created a build that just basically just spams threadlings, or as we call them, little freaks. Mm -hmm. Um, and tangles. So I don't know if it's going to work with that build or if I'll have to rebuild something. But um, prior to the podcast, I was telling you about how I've been using Final Warning, mm. which is the Sidearm. Strand sidearm, right? Yeah. Um, I might throw the bow on and fuck around and find out. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's necessarily going to work for every person running strand. Like I said, it is very yeah. heavily concerned with suspend. So if, it, if suspend isn't something you're able to do a ton of, it's probably not worth the exotic slot. I might swap out a bunch of my aspects and see because, like well, I said, yeah, all see, of my aspects are focused you. on. Yeah, all of my aspects are focused on threadlings. <laughs> yeah, I also like, yeah, went back to strand, but didn't take the grappling hook thing. Um, there's actually one of the one of the strand grenades is like the spinning thing that will just suspend a ton of shit in a, in a small area. Yeah, um, as a warlock, I don't really use the grappling hook. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the everywhere. I enjoy the shit out of it, but the grenade. Oh, it's that, fun! Yeah, the other grenade—I forget the name of it—but the other grenade is actually like way more effective in this build. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I've got the 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 that one. Yep. Yeah. You know the They're one a thing about. in real life that you can throw around people's feet, and yes. I've got the name of them. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I don't really use. I mean, it's fun, but 
when you're a warlock, you can just float everywhere. You don't really need to zip line everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this build. Um, I want to see it in motion now. Yeah, yeah. I, the, fir- the first things I usually do when I am trying out a new build like this is I'll, you know, figure out the mods and shit, and then I'll just, like, load into a lost sector that I can run really quickly. Because then it's like, okay, I can see what it's like when I come into a room full of enemies. I can get a couple of passes at it. Um, so the one I do the, this the most with is the one under the church that Devrim K is in, in the EDZ. Because it's a I nice little loop. I was literally about loop. to ask. Yeah. It's a nice little if loop. There's, there's, a, there's like, you know, two rooms with enemies in it. You kind of just blow them all up. I was going to say either K1 or the EDZ. Mm. Yeah, K1 wouldn't be bad, actually. Do the do the, the little loop. the one in the th- the one in the throne world out in the swamp area where you have to deep sight to go around to it is oh, also yeah. really good because that's just one big room with a bunch of enemies. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. also really good maybe, if you want to test like spamming stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe you and me should run in there and I can show you what this thing do. Um, but it's yeah, it's just it's it's it, there's a little bit of work with the bow to like keep the meter filled and have one ready to go and also once that meter is filled any hip fire shot will lay the trap down so if you don't want to fire it off you got to be aiming down the sights the whole time um and i don't i haven't played bows much for a while so that's just like a thing i have to get used to doing because my temptation is just like hip fire unless i'm trying to hit something far away but i almost have to go the reverse of that yeah okay interesting Mm. I might throw together a new strand build tonight and see what I can do as well. If if I can lean into suspend rather than threadlings, because threadlings are fun mm. and they're really good for long distance ad clear because you can just plant a bunch of threadlings in the middle of a group of ads. Yeah. Well, see what I could do. Otherwise, we got yeah. swarmers, but that's very heavily focused on threadlings, mm. so. Yeah. Hmm. It's a, we'll report back it's to de- see if I can make yeah, another annoying build. <laughs> My, I, th- another I think like the, spammy as fuck build. I feel like the people like <laughs> in the patrol zone in the EDZ that I loaded into got annoyed by me because I didn't leave things alive for very long. Like the cabal drop pods are coming in and I'm just like putting a trap under it and then things are basically just dead. They're trying to farm ingredients and you're just. No, thank you. They're all mine. Uh, but yes, mm. it's it's good. And then the, I mean, the Titan Strand Super is still, it still feels powerful. Like I'm running around punching things and they're dying very quickly. So that's that's good. And I can suspend stuff with the Super. So more more fun Wee. for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, with with like, you know, obviously with the changes to the throwing hammer for Solar Titans this season, um, it's it's not. I'm not. I haven't stopped playing that build. It's just got me to experiment a bit more with other ideas. Like I'm running a Laurelay Splendor build a whole bunch at the moment just for like high survivability. Um, still running throwing hammers very heavily, but it's not like everything that that build is designed to do. Um, I was doing a bunch of void stuff for Iron Banner. So I got Graviton Lance out and was just slinging Frisbees around corners and Vortex grenades and uh, making people blow up with that, with that gun. Some of the aspects um, have made Graviton Lance viable again. Well, I think they like, also just pr- buffed it generally. Yeah, it's primarily what I use in my Old Gods build mm. um, because it's that or gnawing hunger, depending on what we need to do. Um, it just and it procs devour and it explodes enemies around it mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. When you've got that cycle going, yeah. you can shit out five old gods at the same time. Well, that, that was actually the the dungeon Warlord's Ruin got me to put together a new void build <laughs> built around Devour because that exotic from it, I dropped it the first time we did it. Yeah, he did. And that gun gives you Devour. So I was like, well, I've never actually built a Titan Devour build. Um, so I did that I and it's disgusting. <laughs> I want that gun so hard as someone who has a really feral, other than I've other than my old gods build, I have a really feral high survivability devour build. Mm-hmm. So I want that exotic yeah. so bad. Cause I think that could, that could send that, uh, that devour build off the fucking charts. Yeah. The, the only like minor limitation to it is that it is a special ammo sidearm 
So if you don't yeah. have the right like ammo mods equipped, the ammo economy gets pretty gross. Uh, yeah, but it's good for staying alive. <laughs> finishes that shit out yeah. special and yeah, heavy when you do them. There's mods that'll make that not a problem or less of a problem. But when I was just fucking around with it, I was like, oh yeah, I need to tweak some things here so that I don't run out of bullets for this gun that keeps me alive. Yeah, I mean the reason I, especially with my my void build, I. I lean on my gnawing, my current gnawing hunger so hard is because it's got volatile rounds. Mm. So it just starts chaining void explosions. Wait, I, I don't think that's actually... Volatile? Well, vo no, vo volatile's not a weapon perk. It's a, like, void class uh, uh, Yeah, so thing. I've got the... Sorry, I've got the aspect that gives that yeah. volatile. And because and it's an auto rifle, you can just load into enemies' heads and start the chain it was, going. It was like, what, Season of Arrivals when Noring Hunger came out? And, like, the meta at that time was to get one with subsistence and rampage because then you're just, like, once you get rampage ticked up, you're basically just destroying everything. So if you could pair one of those with volatile rounds, that's pretty gross. I mean, mine is Zen and multi-clip. That's, that's Which okay. for ad clear is... I, I mostly use it for ad clear. Mm. So that reduced recoil and then the uh, chained damage from multiple kills. Once you get with the uh, volatile rounds and my my uh, void build, mm. you can start to really rack up really rapid back-to-back -back kills. Yeah, especially with stuff like um hive that tend to bunch up yeah, in this. Yeah, or you get you get your screebs in there. You get yeah. uh little scions and goblins and shit yeah that'd be that'd be a good time when stuff bunches up it i'm like yes <laughs> hunger time see i'm like that with this um suspend build at the moment because i'll just like put a trap down oops you're all in this big circle now like the trap is about the size of a like warlock rift mm -hmm. like roughly about that size a doorway yeah the trick is the trap gets deployed based on wherever the arrow hits so there's been a couple of times i've accidentally got it stuck on some weird geometry and it's just made this like really tall triangle i'm like well that's not catching anybody a single minotaur <laughs> yeah just like all the because it hits and then they all just kind of spread out very quickly so something in the physics of like moment of impact to determining where to place all those points in the game it was like I'm just going to freak out and dump them all right next to each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it's a new weapon. Maybe that's a bug. I don't know. But that's like one time out of probably a hundred at this point that I've shot it. And it's been And fun. then it's funny when it does it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep trying to like... Doing? Well, because when you shoot that one with the trap loaded up, it it's almost like it's an underpowered shot. It has a much heavier arc to it. So you can't get it to go super long distance. But... I keep trying to land it on someone because I don't think I've actually seen what happens if you get a direct hit with it. I've actually just been aiming at the ground to catch a bunch of stuff in an area. But I don't know if I get a direct hit what that's going to do. Ah, we can fuck around with it in a lost sector. That's the plan. Uh, and then who knows what I'll do with it from here. Because <laughs> the other half of the build is like grab a tangle make it explode, either throw it or shoot it. And that gives me woven mail. So like, that's kind of the other thing I'm meant to be doing is giving myself extra, extra shields through woven mail. I was going to say kickstarting a, like a shield cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's things to do there of like, um, I think it's either when I suspend or when I kill a suspended target, I drop an orb of power. And so I've got some, some mods about like, I'll immediately start, um, health regeneration when I pick one up and things like that. So, yeah, just finding all those little loops that can be triggered off things that I'm doing anyway. That's that's my favorite part of building. That's basically what I did for my new solar lock that I ran in the Starcross mission with you. Mm. I was like, huh. And then I realized you run solar quite often. And I was like, huh. Yeah. I could kickstart a lot of shit with orbs because one of the people I play with the most shits out orbs. Yes. So. Yes, I do. Um there's one, I think it's like a class item mod that I had never used until this season, but it's basically whenever you use your class ability, any nearby orbs of power get pulled into you. 
and I've just never used it before, but all of the builds I've and done as a person. this season, they're actually built around like using the class ability, not for protection, but because deploying it does something else. Like with this strand build, it sends out these things that suspend things. So I'm not using it because I need the barricade. I'm using it because I want to suspend shit, but then it's also just going to be pulling all those orbs in. So that's kind of fun. Extra little zooming around, little vacuum. Zoom. I was gonna say zooming around, punching things too as a titan. You're just gonna be yes, orbs, orbs, orbs. That's what I do. Orbs Millions and millions of orbies, orbies for me. That's a, orbies are a thing, right? Yeah. I've heard that name. They're before. those things that you put in water and they swell up. I think from memory. That French guy filled his bathtub with them and then his entire sewer system <laughs> exploded. Uh, yeah, it would. God. <laughs> it's one of my favorite series of what was musically back then. <laughs> it was just his adventure of like destroying his entire town sewer system. Oh my system. God. What a nightmare. Um, hey, I think that might do it for this episode. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were away for three weeks, but honestly, this week was the only major law dump. Yeah, other, big other, piece of law. Other than that, it was like, "Hey, the dawning's here," and Iron Banner. Yeah, cookie <laughs> time. Gilding Iron Banner, getting the bananas. Yeah, the doll sticker. Put that shit on a banana. That was it. It's been a kind of quiet season so far, mm. but I mean. Back-to-back pretty lore-intensive, fast seasons. I, I'm i not angry that this one is a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the season right before an expansion, you know, delays aside, um, they usually have it have that, like, more of a ramp right before you go into the expansion. So, yeah, the first few weeks will be a bit slow, but then it's like, okay, we're going to start calling back to things that we mentioned in those first few weeks, but tell you why they matter and add more shit to it so that it accelerates as you approach the expansion. From memory, Season of the Splicer kind of was a a bit like that too, Mm. leading into Witch Queen, where it was like, uh, go and do this stuff. Oh, the Vex, Uh, Misrax. We got a lot of Misrax and Ido backstory and a lot of House of Light backstory, and then Aramis kind of was trickled in there a little bit. And then the last few weeks was like, get ganked, Lakshmi, you idiot. And then, oops, ah, Sabbath right. time. Yes. Like, it, it was it was a slow burn. And I am not, like I said before, I'm, I if every third or fourth season is a slow burn, I'm not mad about it. No. Because you don't need emotional labor every fucking three months. Yes, I'm still, I'm still tired from the fucking nightmare season. I'm still oh God, tired yeah. from Zavala's wife. The, the, the amount of times when I go into a lost sector and there's like the, the lost sector bosses are just the nightmare v- variants. I'm like, Oh no, I wasn't ready for this. Ah, Zavala's wife. Ah. Yeah. Please stop telling me to be sad. Zavala's wife time lost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shout out to Cursed Destiny names anywhere, everywhere, anywhere, anytime. Everywhere. Um, but hey, it's the holidays. Uh, we're, we'll be back, I don't know, next week, week after, who knows. Um, Happy I'm not going Kimis? Happy whatever. Happy Hanukkah? Hanukkah? Happy yeah. Kwanzaa? Happy Friendsmas if you don't have a Christmas but you hang out with the homies. If you don't have a Chris in your life. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just look, it's the middle of summer. I'm wearing the stupid Christmas jumper. I'm hot as shit in here right now. Um, But tis the season. I don't get to wear this often, so I thought I would. You should make cookies in real life for your friends. Yeah. Homemade cookies in my house right now. I put some with ice cream last night. It was a good time. Or... um it's got a bad name. Christmas crack? Yeah, we. I just had my first experience with that shit. Saladas and caramel and chocolate? Yeah. Or if you're American, graham crackers? Yeah, we had uh, marshmallows thrown in there as well. 
and there's a ton of melted chocolate and shit in there. Oh, so good. I made the one the other day that was white chocolate, Biscoff, and uh, walnuts, crushed walnuts on the top. Oh, right. Yeah, that's that's the good shit. I'm also making coconut slice this weekend. Bless. And Hawaiian butter mochi, which I will send you the recipe for because it's fucking delicious. Okay, sign me up. Um, but hey. Make treats for your friends. Make treats for your friends. Maybe if you've got some time off, play a video game, play one with some friends. It doesn't have to be Destiny, honestly. At this point, there's tons of shit out there. There's, game, there's sales going on. Find something you enjoy. Enjoy it. Don't be a dick about it. Um, like this show. As in, press the like button. Subscribe this show. Um, Instead of leaving nasty comments this season, leave a nice one. I don't, I don't think we've had any nasty comments, like, to date. So. I mean, in general, oh, yeah. just everyone in general. Yeah. Hey, instead of being like, oh, my God, this is cringe, just don't comment or just be like, hey, keep like keep making videos, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It makes or you happy. Go make your own. Get your own voice out <laughs> in the world. It's not hard to make things. We did it. <laughs> I don't, We're I, able to stumble through this. <laughs> yeah. For, what, 70-something episodes now. Uh, just go do it. Put a, put your voice in the world. Or don't. Like, it's also kind of scary to do that oh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but hey, for 2023, this has been Erico Blueberry. I couldn't get over that without stumbling. This has been Erico Blueberry. My tongue got in the way of my teeth. Um, happy whatever. We'll see you next year. Hell yeah.